Hi everyone, this is JD and Elena. This is Success AF and welcome to our customer success podcast series. So today we actually want to talk about something really close to the, the core of customer success and that is onboarding. And I think we have a few data points from some really renowned SaaS model companies such as Retently and HubSpot. This blog post from Retently called The Three Leading Causes of Customer Churn says that poor onboarding actually results in 23% of average customer churn. This other blog post by HubSpot, The Ultimate Guide to Customer Onboarding, says that most revenue actually comes from existing customers. So I think making sure that customer onboarding is really successful and building that long-term customer value is key to retaining your customers and customer satisfaction and essentially finding expansion opportunities within the subscription. And if you think back last episode, when we were talking to Ian from a sales perspective, that 23% of customer churn, that's an additional 23% of sales that the sales teams need to go out and bring in to compensate for that. Exactly. On top of their existing quotas. Yeah. Right? So that is definitely something that we need to consider very seriously. Have you got your coffee, JD? Yes, I have. What have so, you got today? Gayo beans. So they're actually uh, Indonesian and they're from a place called Stamping Ground Coffee. So it's a place fairly close to me. I think it's five, 10 minute drive away and I can bring my dog there. That's why you nice. know, I go there pretty often. And I, I think I go there at least, at least twice a week. <laughs> so the people there know me fairly well and, uh, of course, they love my dog. Of course. Right? <laughs> Every time I go, they, they play with the dog. I think it was only until my fifth or sixth visit when they asked for my name. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's JD, by the way. <laughs> cool. So I have an Ethiopian natural. And we were talking about it earlier. So I had a look at what natural means because I was not sure in terms of the roasting. So it's a longer slower drying process so you get a fruitier and a more full-bodied coffee so that makes sense as to why i like it because i do like that kind of more fruity floral kind of tasting profile me too actually so we have really good taste i would say <laughs> and yeah so i think you've been listening to some podcasts recently um and especially on customer success and trying to grow the software as a service business could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, we were um, we were talking previously about, you know, onboarding and, and what does a good onboarding process look like, right? Because that's, you know, critical to, to start off well. And I think I mentioned to you that recently over on the Gain, Grow, Retain site, they had a good discussion talking about the difference between onboarding and, and implementation. So, like, maybe that's a good place to start to make sure that we're all kind of aligned on what the topic is. So broadly, if you look at implementation, it's really more about the tech stack itself. So implementing new tools into an existing environment. So it's more like the functional tasks. So like configurations, customizations, that sort of thing. And then onboarding is kind of the overarching process. So where you also look at the people side and the processes. So focusing on how the people are going to use the tool and how they will be successful in using the tool and moving along that customer journey. So taking them from the sales experience into the delivery experience. So laying the foundation for your relationship 
onboarding and implementation do work together. There's overlap between them. And as we've talked about before, it somewhat depends on the product, right? So tell us a little bit more like what your experience is in terms of your onboarding and implementation journey. Right, so very much similar, but um, implementation is kind of like a subset of onboarding. So I think it's very similar to what you just mentioned, right? Implementation is the technical success uh, component of onboarding and onboarding also encompasses people, product and processes. Yeah. So the people element is, is a huge factor uh, in the onboarding process because within the first 30, 60, 90 days, you need to make sure that you're aligned with the buyers, the users, the different stakeholders who have a stake into the implementation of this solution. So you could be tracking things like what does the buyer want to achieve by purchasing this solution in the first place? Uh, and what do they want to achieve in three months, six months, one year? And you could also be looking at technical success. So whether the users need to be skilled up within 30 days, 60 days or 90 days, and what is the ongoing training going to look like? What's the ongoing enablement going to look like from then on? So I think onboarding, in a sense, we, we do have a very consistent definition and understanding. If you'd agree with me, same way we do about the coffees, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. definitely. We're on the yeah. same page. All right. So now that we're level set in terms of like what onboarding is, how would you prefer to be onboarded as a customer of your own product? Like, what does that ideal onboarding look like to you? So I typically come from uh, very technical settings and technical solutions, which the companies that I work for sell. They are very critical in the sense of making sure that the tech stack gets integrated into the main environment really quickly so that you can start delivering the technical value out of the solution. So my key takeaway with that is to make sure that there is a regular cadence going on, making sure that we have these check-ins to make sure that there is progress and that there's a lot of transparency and visibility into where we're at in terms of the onboarding experience. Could be both technical, could be non-technical, the intangible aspects of the onboarding journey. For example, if I were the buyer, I would want to make sure that my customer success manager is engaging the right stakeholders within the company. So it could be the users, it could be myself as a buyer, it could be also the other business functions within my company that could be slightly impacted by the implementation of this solution. We want to make sure that there's high visibility across the board with those business functions that need to know or have a need to know about what's happening within the first, I would say, three months, 90 days, typically. That's how I would prefer to be on board as a customer. I feel like I'm very demanding <laughs> as a customer, <laughs> but I think that translates to me being, you know, demanding on myself as a customer success manager also. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that is the foundation of success, right? Is that we are demanding of ourselves and of the stakeholders that we need to manage, you know, right. it's a critical part of the success. So yeah, I agree with you. So I think for me, the most important thing at the beginning is really the approach to building the relationship. As a customer, for me, number one, I want to feel like my success manager understands my business. So I want to feel like they understand uh, my goals and objectives, what our strategy is, what our overall ecosystem is and how this solution fits into that ecosystem. 
And to your point about people, product, process, what other considerations are there? What processes need to be, you know, reconsidered or tapped upon? What training and communication needs to happen in terms of the people? And also, what's the impact of the implementation? How is it going to help me on a day-to-day basis just get stuff done? How is it going to help me achieve my goals? And I feel that as long as my success manager knows those things and we're aligned on what the outcomes I need to get are, then I'm along for the ride. So yeah, let's set up that regular cadence. Let's keep those meetings going. And I will do my part as well for, you know, what are the stakeholders in my business that I need to bring to you as the success manager as well. Right. And I think this leads in very well to our next discussion point, which is how do we actually do success in our previous roles or even our current roles? I think a lot of customer success managers or even uh, other SaaS professionals would be interested to find out how we do it and maybe have a reference point or a benchmark on what is a good onboarding process. So I think it does vary quite a lot depending on obviously the product, the size of customer, the scalability, the organization itself. So what we have sort of two different ways that customers come into kind of the success fold, if you will. So if it's a new customer, that's fairly large annual recurring revenue or ARR, they will typically have a professional services engagement for their onboarding and implementation piece. And in that case, the success manager is introduced during that process, but we don't really own any outcomes as a part of that process. So that's really laying the foundation for the relationship, understanding the solution. If there are any issues during that implementation or onboarding process being across what those are, and then doing some stakeholder management as well. Then the other bucket of customers that we get are those that were a smaller value and have graduated into qualifying for our success program. And so with those, they are already implemented with our solution. Um, They may be self-implemented maybe even years ago or had a previous professional services engagement. And in that case, it's the onboarding component is really onboarding into customer success. So here's your success manager. This is their role. This is how they fit within the organization and how they will help you to achieve your goals and your outcomes. And then from there, we then get into what we call discovery and shadowing. So that goes back to what I was talking about earlier in terms of understanding the ecosystem where things fit in, understanding the tech stack, understanding other processes, interactions with other teams. And then from there, that rolls into defining the success plan. So agreeing the success plan with the customer and moving into that regular cadence and ticking off those goals one by one. Fantastic. And Where I'm coming from is generally from a freemium or open source perspective. So I work in customers. Yeah, it's totally different, right? Freemium is actually a type of subscription model where you're actually not paying anything for the product and you're just using it for free until you reach a certain stage, a certain capacity where you need to buy the paid product or paid solution, then you actually do. That is where, like you said, the customer could already be very adept in using the technology. So the other one is also open source. So open source customers also use 
the tech stack very efficiently until a certain stage where they need a certain SLA in terms of technical support, or if they require a subscription for more features, premium proprietary features, that is when they come on board to buying the solution subscription. So most of the time, what I've experienced is that the customer is already well implemented and they're more towards optimization of that solution and also learning how to use these new features that are packaged together with the commercial subscription of the solution. And I think change management is also important to look after things like upgrading the version of the stack, making sure that you're using the new features of the stack. So we just need to make sure because people are already such power users, sometimes it could be easier for them to adapt newer features, but sometimes it also could be harder, more challenging because mm -hmm. they've already used the same version in the same way for many years before they decided to buy a commercial subscription with the company. It's also a lot of convincing and negotiation and discovery on why they need to adopt certain features. So for me, onboarding is more of thinking about how do we work with users who are already really good at using our technology? They could even be better at it than me, right? They could know, yeah, you know a thousand yeah, things yeah. Yeah, that it can do compared to what I already know. For me, it's a different angle. And I think with different companies, there are different models, but they're generally the same. Onboarding is to make sure that your customer is fully utilizing and receiving the value of their solution. So I guess we kind of come into the last part where we address how we actually build long-term customer value in, in onboarding. Why onboarding is such an important part of a customer not churning or a customer renewing. And I think earlier in the introduction, we talked about how poor onboarding results in 23% of average customer churn, right? And 23% is, is a huge number. That's, that's like $230,000 out of a million dollar contract. So how do we address that, Elena? How do you build long-term customer value during the onboarding phase? Yeah, so you know, again, it really comes down to relationship building and understanding strategy and outcomes. What are the outcomes that are the desired outcomes from you know making this purchase, making this investment, and how does that align to the overarching strategy? So you need to look at your different stakeholders, right? So you might have your main point of contact. So for us, that would typically be a head of customer support or a VP of operations, that kind of person. So their goals and objectives are going to be at that more operational level, but they will still support the executive key strategic stakeholder level, right? So what is that customer experience that you want to deliver? And for each of our stakeholders, how do they contribute to achieving those objectives and making sure that we understand those and can articulate them and also can measure them, right? So it's very easy to say, okay, we want to increase customer satisfaction. Okay, so great. Let's baseline that. Where are we today? And what does improvement look like? So how many points do you want to increase it by over what period of time? And then from there, making sure that the recommendations or, you know, that success plan is aligned to achieving those outcomes. So again, Really, I always come back to the relationship piece of it. All right, and I think for me, it's always ensuring that the technical parts of the solution are being adopted really well. I think that is in the long term, 
a huge advantage in any conversation that we're having in terms of the renewal of the contract. Because when the product is really sticky, that is when it is really hard for the customer to have even the time capacity to find other solutions, right? <laughs> yes. Because yeah. they love it. We say people, product, process. Product, I think, is a, is a very key part of it. If it's delivering a lot of value from day one, I don't see why the customer would actually leave your solution. I think the conversation would be more of how do we expand that contract? How do we let them use more, eventually go into an even bigger subscription with the vendor? I think just generally to summarize what we have discussed today, onboarding is a really critical part of any subscription model business, making sure that our customers are utilizing full value of their investment, but also at the same time, building that really strong relationship. Sometimes I would just go out with my customers, have a coffee together and just chit chat and laugh about our personal lives. A really funny story that I had was I love to bring my customers to a, a coffee shop called Free the Robot in town. I think Elena, you and I actually went before, right? It's one of my favorite coffee places. I'll tell them all about coffee, like how we started this conversation. And it adds a personal note also to that relationship building. Have you done something similar, Elena? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, I think been one of the hardest parts for me during the COVID situation is taking away the travel and the ability to just drop in and have a coffee or a drink or lunch with a customer. You know, that's something I've definitely missed. And I feel that where we do have those personal relationships, it has definitely helped us through this period as well. You know, it's easier to connect remotely once we have built those foundational relationships as well. So yeah, that's all we have for Success AF for today. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. As always, if you have any feedback, any advice, suggested topics, anything, we would love to hear from you at hello at successaf.live. Thanks. Right. Thank you. <laughs>